What's up, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute, because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. That's right. It's Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Snoopy Bijou, if you're wondering, is currently eating a Whimsies alligator, the never-to-be sponsor of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Um, thanks for the feedback on the last episode. I'm glad a lot of people liked it, and I'm glad that... I'm glad that people are really starting, well, not starting. Yeah, maybe starting. Well, it's like I get less kickback on the stuff I say now. More and more people are starting to actually get what it is I mean when I say what it is I say. I think maybe back in, what, 2016 when I started doing this, there were a lot more people that had, like, negative opinions of the kind of stuff that I was saying or didn't really get it. But I think over the years, people have just started to get like, oh, okay, so this is what you mean. And, you know, for me, it's all just stuff to talk about. It's like having a conversation with you guys, giving you guys something to do uh, while you're folding clothes or cleaning your apartment or whatever it is you guys do while you're listening to Unbothered by Tyra Vera. That's what I do with the podcast that I love to listen to. You know, I just put them on. There's only two that I really listen to regularly. I'm about to listen to one um, by my friend. Uh, what is their name? I forget. Um, I wish I could remember. But anyway, it's called Gender Fluids is the name of the podcast. And a friend of mine that I don't know why I'm not remembering her name right now. Well, I think it's there. I don't know if they're even particular about that. I don't know what anybody's doing anymore. I don't know if people are non-binary. I think she's a she and a lesbian, but I could be wrong. Anyway, the, the, the podcast is called Gender Fluids. I think she's really great, and so I want to go ahead and support and listen. But um, just another person that really... Um, Ariel is her name. That's right. It's Ariel. And so, uh, and, but I don't know, because <laughs> on, uh, here's the confusion. On Instagram, she's Ellen DeGender, Ellen DeGenderless. So I don't know if now they identify as non-binary, and this is where it gets confusing, but also I know that they're not the kind of person that would even get mad at me at the, about this, so it makes it easy for me, but at the same time, it's embarrassing more. Um, I'm embarrassed that I didn't remember the name at first. So there it is. Anyway, I think it's kind of like they say, you know, when people say your vibe attracts your tribe because more, more and more people are starting to actually get what it is I mean and how I mean it. And even some of the stuff I do with like, you know, two days ago, I posted a picture of me wearing a red MAGA hat, you know, the Make America Great Again hat. And a few people complained, but the main complaint people had was the, I was obviously shirtless in the picture and it was from like shoulders up and people were like, I'm more disappointed that there's not, that abs aren't pictured in this and stuff like that. And then one person pointed out the fact that they were like, uh, Trez, my friend Trez pointed out, he was like, he was like, this is so 2016. And he was like, you're wearing a red MAGA hat. And so I went ahead and put on the white MAGA hat, <clears throat> which is the 
make America great again, again, <laughs> which I don't remember what it, you know, but or keep America great, whatever the fuck it is. But, you know, so I put on a white MAGA hat and I did from the like basically the hips up shirtless. And so I let everybody know that I heard your complaints and I'm working to do better. And thank you for being patient. And both times, like, you know, there's a few people that said something that was, I guess, kind of could be construed as negative. But I don't take any of that personally because I'm not Donald Trump and I'm not a huge Donald Trump supporter that way. I've already said this before. You know, I think in 2015, a lot of people were describing me more as a Donald Trump supporter uh, because... They didn't understand that I wasn't arguing with them specifically over Donald Trump. I was arguing with them over my right to vote however I wanted to vote as an American. And you not being able to put me in the box of, oh, well, you're Mexican-American, so this is the way you're supposed to vote. You're gay, so this is the way you're supposed to vote. You know, it wasn't, for me, that's not a fair way to go at it, you know, like to try to tell me that I'm supposed to think a certain way just because of, you know, my sexual orientation or my ethnicity just isn't a valid argument. And it also assumes that my values are certain things because of those two things. Like, I must think this way because of that. And who are you to tell me how I must think about things? You know, I personally, like I said, I talked about this a bit last week, but um, when it comes to the the protest like you know for a minute i was down with the protest idea i'm not showing up to a protest but you know i was down with other people protesting but then it went on too long and i got like yeah this is just ridiculous now like this doesn't have to keep going on and portland to me is the worst city for them to do it to because portland is such a supportive city when it comes to what would be considered like social justice warrior values you know portland really does go out of its way to be politically correct and make sure that, you know, they are aware of what's going on with people's pronouns and stuff like that. And maybe there's a problem I didn't know about in Portland, but that's always the picture I'd gotten from it. And I used to have to steamroll that because, you know, I started off kind of in that area when it comes to going on the road. And so, you know, I was familiar with the way it is, but like now it's a war zone every day. And you see this all the time on social media. I had somebody tell me that they didn't know or that I probably didn't know that there were still protests going on until, you know, we started hearing about the federal authorities snatching people up in white vans. But it was like, no, I have a Twitter. Of course I knew that was going on. So, you know, if you were on Twitter and I follow Andy No, who Andy No has gotten in a bit of trouble for being kind of an alt-right sympathizer is what people would say which alt-right is its own thing you know people got mad at me a couple years back when alt-right first came to light not trying to rhyme but i did um but yeah when alt-right first became an actual thing uh, where the media started talking about it and i tried to explain to people that there's really nothing to be afraid of because the numbers that you're seeing as far as people that identify as alt-right was really kind of a genius market marketing strategy on the part of the alt-right because like a lot of people thought alt-right was like uh you know it got obscured at a point but a lot of people thought that alt-right was just a fun group that liked to troll the left and make fun of sjw culture and used pepe the frog as like you know their insignia or their uh, symbol or which the artist that actually made pepe the frog 
ended up, I think, trying to sue them or did sue them. I don't know where that went or how that went down in the end. But, you know, the artist wasn't at all down with his artwork being used that way. And then people started putting putting the MAGA hat on it. And so, you know, um, but I tried to tell people that like a lot of people that identified as alt-right didn't really know what alt-right was. So when, you know, when it became a thing and then people were like, oh, the numbers are ridiculous and there's so many people that identify as alt-right. I was trying to tell people, yes, I get what you're saying. I get that there are serious parts about it. But at the same time, it's really nothing to worry about because the numbers aren't what they look like. And a lot of people, you notice, well, if you were online like that, then you would have noticed that a lot of people disavowed the alt-right at that point because they were like, yeah, I hadn't even realized that that's what I was identifying as. Which you could argue that people should know what it is they're identifying as or who is who it is they're lining up with. But a lot of times people don't. And that's, you know, another thing that people have gotten a little bit... I have a few friends that are on the QAnon, and I don't know if it's QAnon or QAnon, because I have a friend that says QAnon, but um, whatever it is, it's the people that are trying to expose the pedophiles that are within the entertainment industry, which, you know, according to Corey Feldman and every insider that I've seen any interview with, there is some level of truth truth to that. Do I think every person that they think was a pedophile or is a pedophile is a pedophile? Not necessarily. Um, just because a lot of that stuff, like the way that people mix in Hollywood, it's very superficial. Like people always talk about how fake Hollywood is. But people don't, I think, don't realize, like, the full extent of how fake Hollywood is and how things can be super obscured at different points because of the way that people interact without interacting or know each other without really knowing each other, you know? Um, but when it comes to Jeffrey Epstein and the flight log, you know, when it comes to that situation, it's kind of like, to me, it's where a lot of people you know, are dumb celebrities and they end up meeting this billionaire and they don't do a lot of res research on it. When it comes to the politicians, I think they know what's going on or knew what was going on when they went to Epstein Island because they have so many people looking out for them and so many people researching these people and figuring out what it is they're about that I don't really see how that would be possible, you know, when it comes to the Bill Clintons, even the Donald Trumps. Um, but who knows, you know, with Donald Trump, and this isn't me ex making an excuse for him, but who knows with Donald Trump when it comes to my little puppy, are you, are you choking? Mm. She's finished her whimsy and now she's come to sit with me because that's what she does when she's done with her little alligator. She comes back and sits with daddy. But when it comes to Donald Trump, you know, um, that was during his civilian days that the Jeffrey Epstein thing was happening. So he could have been one of the dumb celebrities, too. Like sometimes people hang out with people for a long amount of time and don't actually know what it is they're up to. Um, you know, like I know I've had situations where I've been hanging out with coke dealers and, you know, at different points meth dealers, too. And I didn't know that they sold drugs. I did not know. I do the story sometimes on stage about when I got hit by a bullet. You know, I was hanging out with those guys for a couple of weeks and hadn't realized that they were gangbangers. You know, and the punchline to the joke is just about me. You know, I didn't realize they were gangbangers. And the ambulance driver, you know, or the cop asked me, how did you not know you were hanging out with gangbangers? And I was like, I just thought they liked the Raiders. 
And, you know, that serves as a punchline for that. But in real life, that's what it was. I wasn't from Phoenix and I didn't know anything about these people other than they were cool guys and they were always nice to me. And they weren't like, you know, always throwing up gang signs and stuff like that. So I had no idea. And then, you know, after I got shot, <laughs> then I come to find out that they're gangbangers and then they fessed up afterwards to me. And I hung out with them for a while after because they were already my friends by that point, and I had already taken a bullet, so why not hang out now? I earned my way in, but at the same time, you know, like, you don't always know who you're hanging out with, you know, somebody says they're a billionaire, they offered to take you to an island, maybe, because I also don't think Jeffrey Epstein, you know, from all accounts, he wasn't a dumb man, so he would be smart enough to not roll out the kids every time somebody comes over. You know, it's, he could have a party and just keep it all adults. Do I think that's going to be the most fun party for him? Not if that's his thing, which it clearly was. But sometimes you do things to keep up appearances. So, you know, and I'm not making excuses for anybody as far as that goes. But I'm just saying that sometimes people don't know who it is they're associating with or what it is they're doing. Back when the Chris D'Elia situation happened, I had people hitting me up because, you know, me and Chris D'Elia had been friendly. We were never besties or anything like that, but we would text with each other every once in a while. Um, but that's been years that I haven't, you know, dealt with Chris D'Elia in any, on any level. But, you know, I had people hitting me up and asking me if I knew that he liked underage girls and or, you know, what he was like when, I, you know, when I would talk to him. And it was like, you know, Chris D'Elia's always had pretty girls around him but they were always girls you know old enough to be in the comedy store and stuff like that which is 21 and you know I know that because there was a shooting at the comedy store at one point I don't know if everybody's familiar with this story but it's something that happened and it was very public it's not like I'm spilling any tea right now or you know like telling people anything they shouldn't know but a couple years back there was a shooting at the comedy store it happened while they were having roast battle so that was on a Tuesday night and they also had tripping on Tuesdays was the name of the show in the um, main room because the roast battle would happen in the belly room and you know completely packed out belly room was always completely packed out for roast battle at that time roast battle was really at its height at that point and then um what's it called tripping on tuesday was a super popular the urban show as they would say the black show and uh that was super popular so that was packed and then the original room you know this was when comedy store really started going again so like all the rooms were packed and a guy got shot on the patio so the guy ends up getting shot on the patio and then of course you know with that happening the guy died um with that having happened, suddenly the police kept an eye on the comedy store. They were watching it like a hawk. There was even talk about them closing down the comedy store. And um, luckily, though, they were able to stay open. But, you know, the conditions were they had to be super stringent on, um, like, you know, checking everybody's ID. And it didn't matter because at that point, I've been going to the comedy store for years already, you know, at least... 10 years probably that I've been going to the comedy store. So I knew everybody. I knew all the doormen. I knew all the, you know, the employees, just everybody working at the comedy store knew me. Um, most of the people working the comedy store, well, I can say pretty much all of the people working this comedy store were my friends, you know, but it was still one of those things where it's like, we got to see your ID, Ty. Doesn't matter. Got to see your ID. And, you know, 
I just don't believe in giving people a hard time when they're doing their jobs. So even though you know me and even though we both know that you know I'm old enough to be in here, I will show you my ID every time I come in just so that I also so I set an example for the other people because if they see people, you know, if people see somebody just go through then people are like children and they're like you know well why does he get to go through and we don't get to go through but if they see a person like me that obviously gets called out by name they're like hey ty how are you and gives a hug and then still shows an id it's kind of like hey if we know this guy this much and we ask him for an id and he gives one then what makes you think we're not going to insist on getting an id for you there's no preferential treatment going on right now everybody has to have an id that's one thing a lot of people don't get when it comes to bars and stuff like that. It doesn't matter that you're just old enough. You're supposed to have your ID on you. And if you don't, in most states, the bartenders can get a fine. And if enough of those fines happen, the bar can lose its license and then there's no more bar. You know, so that's uh, and I know that because I've had so many friends that were bartenders and bar owners at this point in my life that, you know, I just know how it works and I don't give people a hard time. Same with the mask. You know, I've already been clear about the fact that I'm not a fan of wearing a mask and I'm not trying to wear a mask. But at the same time, I know that these businesses have to stay open and have to have us wear masks so that they can stay open. They have to have us respect the social distancing. Everything they ask us to do is for a reason. None of these people really want to enforce these rules because for enforcing rules sucks, especially because people don't want to listen. People feel like, no, I'm special. I shouldn't have to do that. And the bar is like, well, we're trying to stay open right now. We just came off a two, three month shutdown. Because depending on which bar it is, which, you know, which casino it is, which whatever it is, people were shut down two to three months. Some people are shut down again right now, you know, and that's in both of the cities that I occupy, you know, which would be Phoenix and Las Vegas. So when you have people that are just trying to get their feet back under them and figure out what it is they're doing and not have the state on their ass, it's you just got to go with it and you got to do what they want you to do. You know, if you want me to wear a mask because I'm running in real quick to buy some groceries and that's what we have to do to keep our grocery stores, which they can't close our grocery stores, but they can definitely put more restrictions on it. I mean, like Vegas, there's still aren't 24 hour grocery grocery stores or most of them aren't even returned to regular hours where it's like midnight or anything like that Um, for a minute. It was eight o'clock was when the grocery store closed, I think. And that was hard to make it to, you know, especially since some days I don't wake up till 6 p.m. But, you know, now it seems like 10 o'clock or maybe even 11 was one Smith that I went to. But, you know, everybody's on restricted hours. So you want to be able to get everybody to the most freedom possible. And if that's going to take me wearing a mask, that I'm going to wear a mask. And I'm not going to yell at you or give you a hard time because... I realize you're just working like you're not worried about whether or not I wear a mask in your regular life. This isn't about you trying to make a political statement or you trying to control me or any of the things that people think online. This is just about people trying to keep their jobs and make sure they're able to put food on the table and, you know, hopefully be able to save their business in some cases. So I'm not going to give people a hard time about doing what what it is they have to do to make things work the way that they need to work that's just something that i am very much against you know when i see people yelling at them it's like yeah if you want 
email Sisolak or call Sisolak's office or do whatever you want. You know, that's the governor here or Ducey, that's Arizona, you know, like it, whatever you have to do to make that happen, make that happen. But don't take it out on the poor person. That, and I don't mean poor. You know what I mean? Um because I often get people trying to shit on me for having an elitist type attitude, which I don't know what kind of money you think I'm pushing over here. But let me tell you, I'm not making elitist money. When I am making elitist money, I'll come at you from that perspective because that'll be my reality. But for right now, let's talk at my pay grade. <laughs> when I say poor people, I mean unfortunate people that are stuck with the job of having to tell you to wear a mask or, you know, be at the door of a place or be security of a place. You don't think that's a fun job, do you? Like a lot of that is nothing but dealing with irate customers or having to remove people. And, you know, it, it's, it's so it, just make it easy on people is all I'm saying. Like last night I talked about this a little bit or today I talked about it. Last night I got so bummed looking at social media because two days ago, which would be Monday, um, Dr. Emanuel did that press conference, which Dr. Emanuel is the lady that people are calling a witch doctor and stuff like that because she was saying that people should get on, well, not get on, but um, hydrochloroquine and, you know, a combination of two or three other things was the cure for COVID. Um, and so she supposedly had 350 patients that she, you know, and it, and she didn't lose one of them that had COVID and that was the solution, that was the cure. And so, you know, people were mad about that, which I knew people were mad about it, but I had so much going on on Monday when that actually came out that I wasn't able to check it out. I didn't even get to watch the full 40 minute. And because people are, I know these are gonna be like hot button issues for people. I'll usually at least watch them because I'll either do a YouTube video or an Unbothered on it. And I know that I'm gonna talk about it or people are gonna ask me about it. So I usually will check things out in their entirety so that I at least know completely what they're about, not just the sound bite. I hate people that just go off of sound bites. But in this case, I was having trouble with the AC in my car, which is a whole nother story, you know, because I was in Phoenix and my AC went out. It started going out. It was working only intermittently for like a week leading up. And I had just changed out a couple weeks back the blower motor and the resistor because um, those went out on me. And that was a couple months ago, and they quoted me 650 at the place I went to. And I knew they were being fair about the price. That's just what it costs with labor. But I also was like, let me see, because since we all have YouTube now, we can figure things out on our own. And so between YouTube and Amazon, I was like, okay, I'm able to figure this out on my own. Parts were under 100 bucks. I got everything done for $113. I did everything myself. But, you know, it did take me actually getting under, under the dashboard and unscrewing the blower motor and pulling that out, putting a new one in. The resistor was a little bit more work because I had to take out another piece so that I could get to it because it's buried a little bit behind the the dash or the um well the dash but you know the glove compartment and so like you know i had to put in a little bit of work myself but i was able to save myself like 400 500 bucks you know and so with it being pandemic right now and i already told you i'm not one of the elites it's not like i can just throw away 650 bucks i did that on my own i was super happy about it that continued to work but then all of a sudden I had a problem with my AC. Like I said, it was working intermittently. I thought this is going to be expensive. And when I say expensive, I thought like $650, $700, you know, something like that again, which is what they were talking about at the other place. 
Nope, it turns out they quoted me $2,300 because I needed a full AC kit, which apparently includes your air compressor or your, your compressor, your um, air condenser, and some other stuff. I needed a full kit. And I went ahead and looked at it on YouTube. I looked at it on Amazon as well. It would have been like 230 bucks. I think that's, yeah, I think 230 was the highest I saw on that. Um, I could be wrong on that number, though, but it was like, you know, 200 bucks um no more than 300 and but it also is a huge job on and on that one i was like i don't think i'm going to become that level of mechanic in enough time to get me and Biju out of here and that was my main concern when it started getting hot in the car because like i said it worked intermittently and it worked intermittently even on the trip up until what because you know i was able to roll up the windows turn it on cool off and then it would go out and then i'd roll up the window roll the windows down we'd deal with the heat for a while and then at a point it just started blowing hot air and i was like yep that it went and I, like i said i thought it was just like i was going to need a compressor it was going to be a little bit expensive and you know not that big a deal so i also was like i don't know if it needs freon uh, at the time i checked before the compressor was still working you know the clutch was still engaging so i was still seeing it spin so i was pretty sure that you know i'd be able to just like put some maybe uh the ac stop leak in it and but like you know i went ahead and bought that i bought the little pressure thing i did everything that i was supposed to do and it was not working at all like my um compressor it wasn't engaging anymore you know the clutch wasn't engaging so it wasn't spinning so it wasn't doing what it was supposed to do and so i was like oh i'm gonna have to take this in so i put on facebook that i was looking for you know a mechanic if anybody had any suggestions and that I was in Arizona and then um, people started hitting me up and I went to one place that, you know, not only did somebody hit me up, but a family member was also like, yeah, I gone to that place, too. And so I took my car there. Twenty three hundred dollars was what they quoted me. And I was like, I cannot do twenty three hundred dollars. And the guy was like, well, we have financing. And I was like, well, you can shove that financing up your ass because I am not paying twenty three hundred dollars. My car is the two thousand thirteen with over 200,000 miles on it, and I bought it brand new. Well, technically, I leased it, and then I bought it. But, you know, I, I've i had the car the whole time. It's one owner. It's just me. And I know that that car is not worth $2,300 at this point. So for me to put $2,300 just to fix the AC, oh, it was like, no. And plus, you know, I just don't have $2,300 to spend on AC. So I was screwed, and so I put on Facebook, hey, if anybody knows of a, somebody that can do this in either state, possibly even Texas, I even put Texas on there because I was like, if I have to drive to Texas to get this fixed, I'll leave Bijou in Phoenix, and I'll go to Texas and do what I have to do. Luckily, somebody hit me up in Phoenix, technically El Mirage, and uh, it was a friend of mine that's been a Facebook friend for a long time, saw my comedy, just always stayed in touch, and I appreciate all those people because all those people helped me in so many ways you guys wouldn't even understand not just understanding me not just putting up with my thoughts not just coming out with my show coming out to my shows but people have been real resources to me when it comes to that kind of you know this kind of stuff like stuff where it's like i need something i can't necessarily afford necessarily afford it at this particular price i can pay something because i'm 
not asking people to, you know, take care of me. But at the same time, you know, and I told people, don't send me your I'm sorry because I'll get this figured out. If you really want to do something for me, you send me some money, which isn't me technically asking for money. I mean, like, I don't mind if people do send me money. And some people did send me money. Thank you for the money, you guys. But at the same time, the most important thing for me, as far as that goes, was uh, just to get people to not, I, I hate when I need something and people are hitting me up with the, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, that's terrible. And it's like, no, right now I need actual suggestions as far as who I can go to to get this done. Don't send me an I'm sorry. Send me, an, uh, send me some money or send me an actual place that I can get it done, a recommendation. And technically, I wanted a recommendation. That's what I wanted because I knew that people weren't going to send me enough money to pay for the whole damn thing. So keep your money and send me the recommendation that's going to save me money on this. So one of my Facebook friends hit me up and she was like, you know, hey, I happen to have a cousin that owns a shop. And I was like, uh, well, she said, I have a cousin that uh, is a mechanic. And I was thinking just, you know, maybe they were going to do it in their spare time or something like that. Because the way she said it, you know, her cousin was a mechanic. And I'm cool with that. You know, if somebody knows what they're doing, I'll, you know, pay them, break them off, do what what I have to do. But um, so I got in contact with her and she gave me her cousin's information. And her cousin hit me up and he's like, yeah, come down and, you know, the whole thing and, you know, gave me a quote and it was very reasonable. So great that I'm not going to tell you guys what it was because I don't want anybody else thinking that they're committed to that that price. If, you know, if I do end up ever mentioning their, you know, particular company on uh, social media, which I very well might do. I just didn't want to do it right away because I I feel like then everybody would want the hookup, you know, so at some point I'll probably shout them out and just not give a lot of details as far as anything else goes, but just that they do great work. My AC is running cool. Um, so that's the spoiler of the story is I got it fixed. But like I said, um, I they hit me up and I thought it was going to be like uh, go to their house and they're going to work on it in their garage or something like that. And then I get there and it's an actual shop like the, it's an actual mechanic shop. The guy owns it and he was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to do it for you for this. And that's just because, you know, so and so speaks highly of you and you guys are friends. And so, you know, but this is technically way less than I would be doing it for. And I was like, thank you so much. And so it took him only a day. You know, I know when people are giving me any kind of help, I'm not the guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not the guy. It's COVID. Um, don't worry about it. Just a little COVID cough. If you're around me anytime you get sick, that's your business. So, um, yeah, the, the main thing with that whole situation was, um, I'm when people ask me or tell me they're going to do something for me at a discount or for free or whatever the deal is with these people. Um, I am not the kind of person that's going to diva out on you and be like, OK, well, can you work around my schedule? No, you tell me when I can come in, when you want me to come in, when it works for you. And I get it if you're not going to be in a super duper rush. Yes, I do need to get out of here at some point. So. I mean, like, I would appreciate you, but, it, like, this was not a problem with this guy. He was just like, you know, yeah, if you can get it here this afternoon, that's great. If you can get it here tomorrow morning, either way, just give me a full day with it and I'll get it done for you. And so I did not waste time. I did not dilly. I did not dally. I went ahead and jumped in my car and I was like, you know, come follow me. I had, you know, 
person picked me up uh, you know or followed me to the mechanic shop and i had to drive in that hot ass arizona sun you know and but i needed to get this done because for me it's uncomfortable for bijou it's life-threatening and a lot of people might think that's dramatic but when the ac fully went out and we were you know about halfway to phoenix at that point my poor little bijou was panting so hard that i really started to worry about her and i had plenty of water you know i always keep plenty of water in her her bowl with water when we're on the road because we've been on the road a lot so it's not like we get caught in a lot of situations where it's like oh we're fucked it's like no i plan for pretty much everything because me and bijou have been on the road ever since she was a little little puppy ever since that car was brand new i got that car around the same time that i got bijou and so um you know that's Bijou's car, if you ask me. Mm, little puppy. But, um, yeah, I was really worried about her because she was panting so much and there was nothing I can do about it. And like I said, we were about halfway to Phoenix at that point. So if we had turned around and drove back to Vegas, we would have been just as screwed as if we just continued on to Phoenix. So I was like, you know, I got to make it to Phoenix. But I knew that I definitely could not risk her on the ride out there, especially knowing that that's the situation and how her little body reacted to it. You know, I, I couldn't take that chance with her. I had to make sure that that car was, you know, that the AC was back up and running. And so, you know, I went right then when he told me it was about, you know, four o'clock or something like that. And I made it over to where they were by f like 4.30 p.m., and uh dropped the car off and he was like yeah just give me a full day with it and then the following day i hit him up around two in the afternoon just to get some progress you know because if it was going to take them overnight or whatever you know whatever they had to do to have it ready then i was like i said i'm trying to be as easy as possible because you know but also i have to arrange for a ride and stuff like that so you know, I'm trying to get an idea and the guy was like, or actually it was a lady that answered it. Was it the guy that I dealt with? And she was like, yeah, which car is it? And I told her and she was like, she was like, yep, looking like it's supposed to be done around 4 p.m. So I was like, OK. And, you know, I was like, if you guys don't mind, I'll be there at 430. And I did it that way just to let them know there's not a rush. If you guys need a little bit of time, you know, to make sure that you do what you have to do, then I'm perfectly willing to deal with that. And so um, I went and picked up my car. I got there at 4.30. The guy was ready for me. And it was, you know, my AC's running cool and I'm happy. So, you know, my life, it just, like, sometimes I want to, like, and every once in a while I do fall into the, the trap of being a little bit bummed out or being a little bit depressed. And I've talked about the, that on this podcast a couple of times several times probably you know but when it comes to the way life works out now i really don't get depressed about a lot of stuff because i always feel like things will work out and sometimes things get worse before they get better but things always do work out and that's why i try to tell people all the time like yeah i know there's a lot of things frustrating you and i know that there's a lot of things that seem wrong with the world and i know sometimes it feels like the world is going to hell in a handbasket but the truth is things are getting better if you look at the way people interact with each other even like you know yeah there's the stuff on like online which i had to address and i started to talk about that but my thing with that was you know the dr emmanuel situation i didn't actually get to watch that you know i didn't get to watch the full 40 minutes because that's when i was having the trouble with my car you know and i knew i had to get that figured out plus i had other things that i had to take care of while i was in phoenix and so i'm trying to take care of all the stuff i have to take care of and i'm just like yeah i don't have time 
to watch a 40 minute video right now. I can't take time out of my day. And I knew that because it was on COVID, it was going to get taken down. Like we all knew that. I, I don't think there's a person unless you don't pay attention to social media. You knew that was getting taken down, you know, so I knew that was getting taken down. So I was like, there's a good chance that I'm probably not going to be able to watch this. And I probably could have downloaded it, you know, like using one of the apps or whatever. But I didn't want to do that. It wasn't that serious to me. You know, I was like, I'll see it or I'll see what I need to see about it. And so I watched the first little bit of it and I was like, yeah, I already know this is getting taken down. But I went ahead and watched the first couple of minutes and then I knew everybody was going to be arguing with it, uh, arguing about it. But I couldn't understand the degree to which people are arguing. And I also can't understand, like, if the video offers some people a little bit of hope and, you know, just a little bit of hope that we're going to return back to whatever normalcy is going to be then why are you so willing to stomp on that? Why does that bother you so much? And I know some people will say, well, it's dangerous because some people will start trying to get hydrochloroquine or it could make it hard for people that have other, you know, because I've heard that people use that to treat lupus, malaria, and then somebody else was saying that uh, there was a family member that uses it to treat something else, you know, that it's prescribed to them. And so, I mean, like, I, I understand that you think that might happen, but that's probably not the most likely. Then there's the people that worry about uh, the idiots that'll do things like that couple that ended up eating or drinking or however they consumed the aquarium cleaner. Like, you know, but those people are stupid and evolution was going to take them out one way or the other. And the, it turns out that the wife might actually poison the husband is what some people were saying. That's been alleged a couple of times. So when it comes to that situation, who knows what happened there? I didn't bother looking into it because it was funny to me. Like, not it was funny that she killed him, but it was funny to me that that would be the way she goes about it. You know, like, here's the cure. And then she killed him but uh you know but i didn't really look into it the way i should but i didn't realize the way people were going to be going at each other and so here we are on tuesday you know my car's been fixed and i'm on my way home and i'm seeing people and the way people are treating each other and the way people are arguing with each other and just the way people talk to each other in general i just was like what is going on with people you know like what has happened and so i posted about it this morning you know just that it kind of bummed me out looking at the way that people were treating each other and the way that people were talking to each other and I know people have an idea of me and the way that I am but if you've talked to people that know me and I don't mean like you have to know me intimately to see this side of me or any of that kind of stuff like just you talk to anybody that knows me sees when sees me deals with me out in the streets or you know at the clubs or you know comedy clubs regular clubs whatever it is I am very polite in conversation and I'm very respectful in the way that I talk to somebody unless somebody is really disrespectful with me. Then I'll say something, I'll address it. But really, like my default position is very respectful. I mentioned this not too long ago on Facebook that like, you know, a lot of times people think that, you know, if I see somebody that I don't like or if I talk to somebody or, you know, end up coming in contact with somebody that I don't like, that I'm going to like fly off the handle or something like that. And that's not what I do. I'm not passive aggressive about it either. I'm very chill in the way that I handle it because being in stand up, I've always had to work around people that I didn't necessarily have to didn't want to have to be around. But that's just what it is. If you're on the same show with people, then you have to be on the show with them. So for me, I'm very used to that, you know, and so I am a very respectful person. So when I was watching these people just shit on each other, 
I was just like, what is the matter with you guys, you know? But obviously I'm not going to be the mom of Facebook and start like telling everybody the way that they're supposed to behave. And, you know, like when it comes to my page, if you know anything about the way I do things on social media, I probably could have more hardcore fans like the, you know, the fanatics that'll like really rip into people. But that's not what I'm trying to cultivate, even though I know that that's a great way to build an army and get people to just at any cost, you know, take care of you or whatever. But I'm not I don't want the karma that comes with that. You know, like when I had the situation where the guy was trying to get me taken off the shows, the the shows that I was doing for um the I don't know if I talked about that on an episode or not, but there was a situation where um, they were trying to get me taken off shows and it was an LGBT group was the worst part of it. They were trying to get me taken off these shows that I was supposed to be doing. And like, you know, I did one. Some guy got offended. He made a big deal of it. He hit up the gay social media company, whatever it was. And, uh, you know, then they started trying to make a big deal and get me taken off the show and stuff like that. But like, you know, at a point I did have to call in my facebook friends my army which they are they had my back so i'm gonna call them my army because they really did have my back but the thing i liked the most about it the thing i respected the most about it was not a single person that was on my side that was standing up for me and there were a lot of them i got a lot of engagement on that shit like you know that uh gay media company in quotes gay media company yes i'm being insulting uh that gay media company was not ready for the way my people came at them and like i said the best part was nothing homophobic was said no personal attacks happened all that happened was a bunch of people came on and it was like hey tyra there is a great stand-up comic he's great for lgbt and that's the other thing like people don't get people like me really do help out a lot when it comes to LGBT and helping people get more familiar I had somebody hit me up just yesterday somebody that was involved with that show technically hit me up just yesterday when I was on my way from Phoenix to Vegas and they hit me up and they asked me if it was okay for them to buy their trans friend perfume for her birthday and I was like, as long as she's transitioning from male to female, that's perfectly acceptable. Like you treat your trans friends like you would treat anybody that was born that particular gender. That's the that's the rule of thumb for how you would treat your trans friends. If anybody at home is wondering either, you know what I mean? Like this is also a quick little tip for you you know if your person your friend is transitioning from female to male so from going from girl to boy then you would give him whatever it is you would buy for a man you know if it's a tie you would buy a man or a cologne i'm gonna tell you guys when it comes to me give me a gift card when it comes to my birthday gift card works because in other cases people buy me a bunch of shit i don't need i told my family years ago my whole family don't buy me anything one year i told my family i was like if you want to do something for me pay a bill for yourself just Pick one of your bills that you want to pay some extra towards and just put it towards that because that to me is a better gift than you actually giving me something that I'm just going to throw in a corner and not use anyway. And I'm not trying to be mean about anything, but I have what I need. You know, I used to always want to buy my dad gifts and my mom, you know, and not anything extravagant, but I always wanted to do something for them for their birthdays or for, you know, Father's Day, Mother's Day, that kind of stuff. And they both would tell me all the time, we have everything we need. And now 
I understand that thinking because, you know, I have lived in my apartment for a while. And before that, you know, I had my place in L.A. for a while. Like I've lived on my own for quite a while now. You know, I've had roommates at different points and stuff like that. But, you know, I've been living as an adult. So really, I have everything that I need. You know, I don't need a bunch of extra stuff. So when people are talking about gifts and stuff like that, it's like, yeah, maybe I would want to get some clothes or something like that that would be cool so then just buy me a gift card and you know i can buy whatever or if i wanted anything like knickknacks for my apartment that's pretty gay sounding but maybe i could want some knickknacks right i can't want knickknacks are you guys trying to knickknack shame right now because i don't think i'm gonna allow that i i only have a few boundaries left but you guys are about to cross one right now if you're gonna start shaming about knickknacks that's not what we're what we not gonna do Oh, but anyway, uh, but yeah, it, it's like, you know, I just don't need anything. And like the stuff people get you when you're a guy is like, you know, cologne. Yeah, sometimes I wear cologne, but I don't really want a bottle of cologne. Plus, we may not have the same taste and scents. Plus, the scent that you get might not necessarily go with my body chemistry. So don't buy me that tie. I never wear a tie. You know, there's just not a lot of stuff that I actually want. So I'm not trying to shake anybody down for you know gifts but my point is if it's uh transitioning from female to male then you get them boy stuff if they're transitioning from male to female so going from girl to boy or boy to girl then you get them girl stuff and they will love you for it unless they're non-binary and then all bets are off. I told you guys, I'm not the best with the non-binary. I don't know what I'm supposed to do or what I'm not supposed to do. I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best, but you know, when it comes down to it, I'm an old fag and I don't care who fucking knows it. You know I mean? Like I'm not out here trying to be young. That's what some people just don't get about me. You know, like I talked about that girl last week or a couple of weeks ago, um, that was like, you know, oh, you're old and whatever else. And it's like, who was trying to be young over here? Because I, that's, always what I've gone off of you know for the last several years now I'm just like you know let me be older and die you know like don't try to give me a bunch of like this is what you have to remember now and that's what you have to remember now no I don't have to remember anything I will try to remember things because like I said my default is to be respectful my default is to be cool my default is open communication these are my default settings you know I like getting to know about people I don't mind listening to different points of view I don't feel threatened at all by any of this stuff you know new stuff coming up new people coming in I don't feel threatened by any of it what I don't like is when people yell at me and try to act like oh you're so stupid this is what you're supposed to do then I'll shut down and be like no this is where you'll get to see the bitchy side of me because I am not just going to be talked to like some kind of asshole because I don't know about this thing that you just made up the other day that nobody ever identified as when I was coming up and you're going to act like I should know about it well educate yourself well I'm not going to read a bunch of fucking blogs about shit I don't fucking care about and that's just where I'm at with it so if you want to educate me if you want to tell me what you're like and I like you enough as a person then I'll do exactly what it is you want because I like you as a person. But I'll tell you, if you come at me shitty, what's going to happen is I'm going to come at you shitty back one time and then that'll be our last interaction together and then I'll never deal with you again. I'm not looking to correct it at that point. I'm not looking to figure out what it was you were trying to say. I'm fine with just being like, okay, we're done. 
Like, you know, we don't have to be friends. Not everybody's going to be friends. And that's something I came to terms with years ago, too. Like, like I told you guys, you know, I don't have these things where it's like, you know, I see people and I have these hard feelings or whatever. If I don't like somebody, they just don't exist to me. And it's not in a passive aggressive way. It's just like anything else. If you walk by a chair and you don't say hello to the chair, why would you say hello to the chair? The chair is an inanimate object. Like that's the way I see people that I don't like or I don't want to talk to. And you know, I know it really gets under their skin, but that's not the reason I do it. But that's just the way I was raised. You know, my mom used to tell me that when I was young because my sisters um, had friends that I didn't necessarily like. You know, my sisters often ran with people that I was like, ugh. I don't like these people. I don't like this guy. I don't like this girl, whatever. I didn't like them. But my mom wasn't going to make it so these people weren't allowed to come over the house just because I didn't like them. You know, who was I? The little king. Now I'm picking out who my sister's friends could be. And it was for no good reason sometimes. Sometimes it was just like I didn't like them from school or I didn't like the way they looked or who knows why I didn't like people when I was a kid. But I was very picky when I was a kid about just like who was in my space. And... I came to find out quickly that that wasn't my space. That was the family space. And so I could deal with it by going to my room or my mom used to tell me all the time, just ignore them. You don't have to talk to them. You don't have to hang out with them. Just ignore them. It's not your business anyway. And so I really adopted that, you know, like things for me, the certain things that I was told when I was young have really stuck with me. And I really feel like they've helped me out a lot. So you know, like sometimes people will feel I'm shading them by not necessarily talking to them or not acknowledging them. But the truth of the matter is I'm not shading them at all. To me, that's the most polite way to handle it. When, you know, I talk because there's people that have the same thinking that I do. I know that for a fact because, you know, I've had people that I don't get along with ignore me. And for me, when I don't get along with someone and they ignore me, that is the most perfect situation in the world because then they're doing their job of ignoring me and then I can do my job of ignoring them and then we don't have to have a problem at all. Like, it doesn't have to be a whole thing between the two of us, you know? Like, there doesn't have to be any drama or any anything, you know, because it's just the way that it works for me, you know? Like, like I said, in stand-up, that's the other place that I learned because I've been on so many shows with people that I don't necessarily like. And I've talked about this. I know I've talked about this on either here or my YouTube, but you know, there's only one time that I had a person pulled off a show and it was a weekend's worth of shows. And it was just because I was asked to headline. This person had bad mouthed me to everybody. And I'm, you know, when I do something wrong, I don't mind admitting it, but this particular person, I didn't even know why they were mad at me and they hadn't even been around that long. And I was just like, I don't have a problem with that person, but they were bad mouthing me, bad mouthing me, bad mouthing me. So then I end up finding out that they're supposed to be on the same show and a weekend's worth of shows with me. And I was just like, well, why would that ever happen? You know, like they supposedly hate me. I spent a lot of time bad mouthing me. I don't know what it's about, but I don't want to work with that person. And, you know, I'm headlining and I don't mind because what I did was I didn't even do the like, you know, where take them off the show is what I said. I just said, if that person's on the show, I'm not going to be on the show. And then I left it in the producer's hands or the, the booker's hands, you know, and I was, you know, perfectly fine. I was like, I can come out another week or I don't mind if you 
feel like you shouldn't book me because of it or don't want to rebook me because of it. You know, I'll be honest. I wasn't being paid that much to be on the show. So that's a part of what factored in. Because, you know, if I'm not being paid and it's a weekend's worth of shows. So I wasn't being paid that much anyway. So if I'm not being paid that much anyway, it's like I don't want to put up with any extra shit. You know what I mean? Especially having to deal with some sour motherfucker that clearly hates me for no reason at all. And if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know that I would tell you if there was something I'd done because I don't care. You know, like sometimes I'm in a bad mood or whatever happens, you know, I really don't care when it's like, you know, yeah, this is what I did or this is why we don't like each other or whatever. This person had no reason to like me. Supposedly, this person didn't like me. I'll tell you guys what why this person supposedly didn't like me, because one time I put up a post on Facebook. This is a long time ago. So one time I put up a post on Facebook where I said something like, you know, there's a bunch of cute guys in Los or in L.A. right now that are doing stand up that are completely not funny. They're cute, but completely not funny. And so that post got a bunch of likes and stuff like that, because a lot of people knew what I was saying was true. You know, it was just like and you could say the same for like some of the female comics, too. There were, you know, several pretty ones that, you know, you're just kind of like, yeah, she's not funny, you know. But, you know, it seems to have leveled itself out or maybe I just left L.A. And so it feels like it leveled itself out. But, you know, um, and there's also some very good looking people that are very funny, you know, like I couldn't name a few um but i don't want them to think i'm ever flirting with them or it's a me too situation so i won't but uh there are some definitely good looking comics that are funny but just there were a rash of unfunny good looking male comics and i'm gay so of course i noticed that they're good looking guys but i'm a comic so i noticed that they're not funny too and so i posted this and then i ended up hearing later that that person was mad because i had posted that and then uh, I was like, well, that person is wrong for even assuming that I thought they were good looking. And it was true, you know, and so everybody got a huge laugh about that. So I think the combination of him at first thinking that that post was like lightweight shade towards him and then me shutting it down because I am good at shutting shit down in a funny way, you know, because even with him, I wasn't like mad when it's when I heard that he was mad about it, you know, but it was like, you know the nerve of him like you know he thought i thought he was cute i did not think that at all you know i was he was not who i pictured which is a lot of times the way it is if you notice the way things work online a lot of times when you put out a blind item because i'm the king of the blind item you know i'll be like this is what's going on and then i'll let people figure it out for themselves which to me is part of the fun you know because then people get to have fun figuring out the mystery and i don't tell people well once in a while i'll tell a few close friends you know but when i say a few close friends I've learned the way people are, so I only have a few close friends. And I know my close friends don't say my shit because my close friends have been my close friends for a long time now. Not one of these new bitches. Anything I say to you is meant to be heard by other people if you're not one of my close friends. If you're one of my close friends, you know already how it works around here. So, um, yeah. So uh, I, I, I sometimes will put stuff out there and it's just kind of a quote unquote blind item and me having some fun and being like, let's see who can guess this one, you know, like that kind of thing. And then it's always the wrong person that gets mad about it. I'm like, I didn't even mean you. Like one time I posted about um, 
that you know some of the liberal male comics that were really trying to sjw social justice warrior or you know some of those guys if they really meant what they was what they were saying some of those unfunny ones would give up their weekends and give them to some of the funny women of color because that one came from you know like at the time i had so many friends this was right after i left la kind of and i had so many friends that were really talented women of color you know and black women specifically like if you consider jill chrissy or dicey you know kimberly dicey douglas who i had who i've had on this po podcast um jasmine who's newer jasmine lee congratulations jasmine she's pregnant right now and only has a couple weeks left she's very funny but she was newer at the time so i wouldn't necessarily consider her for a weekend or think that she's going to be you know working a weekend but you know like i there were several women that i could name and it, that was inspired by you know seeing how long it took tiffany haddish to pop as opposed to some of the white female comics that we've seen that you know keep getting opportunity after opportunity and never can make anything of it but for some reason keep getting thrown in more shit and it's like that's kind of white privilege if you want to really know um it applies to men and women in that way but um so when i was saying that i wasn't even thinking about this comic technically i've always thought this was comic was super funny and he was always super nice to me and he's been doing it longer for me and he longer than me and he used to help me out when i was first starting out so he would be the furthest person from my mind you know, and then he just starts trolling me in this hardcore way, like I was personally trying to attack him. And it was like, I wasn't even thinking about you even a little bit, like not even a little bit was I thinking about you. Like that was a general towards, you know, like a lot of what I was seeing. But, you know, he thought I was talking about him. So it turned into a whole thing between me and him. I had it happen another time when I mentioned Nanette, you know, because I thought Nanette was a terrible special. And it wasn't really stand-up, which she even admits that. You know, it was like one-person show or one-woman show, depending on whether or not you want to gender it, you know. But it was a one-person show was what it was. And those don't necessarily have to be funny, but they were being so it was being sold to us as, like, the best stand-up comedy special of the year. And, like, this is the way netflix and the different reviewers were were touting this and it was like yeah this is not stand-up one thing two is not funny and three only a white woman has enough privilege that she can say she's quitting and they'll still make the special because i guarantee you if you're black or mexican and you say hey i'm quitting comedy anyway everybody's gonna be like all right tear these fucking lights down let's get nikki glazer in here and get her another special or you know what i mean like they're gonna fucking throw somebody in there right away that's you know gonna actually still be in comedy like you can't get away with being a person of color and being like i'm gonna quit and this is gonna be my big special you know what i mean like that's just not the way it works so when i mentioned that you know nanette only had that privilege because she was a white woman which i've told you guys before i don't really go off white privilege and stuff like that but there are times when i do see it and i do know what people are talking about and i'm like yeah this is what people are complaining about this is the white privilege that you keep hearing so much about and so like you know i was having fun and saying only a white woman could get away with that and then like you know then that was a reverse situation where it was a white woman that i had helped get on several different shows like 
like I got her headlining a lot of stuff and that's no lie like this particular woman got on my nerves because you know she jumped on and was like why do you have to say that and I felt like bitch I've helped you more than probably anybody else in this business I have really helped you. So why would you come on trolling me and think that I mean you in any way? If I meant you in any way, if I thought that you were working strictly off white privilege, do you think I would be helping you get ahead? I, and it wouldn't be like I would try to hold anybody back. But at the same time, I would not try to help her get ahead because I'd be like, she has enough people helping her out. Like, that's one of my main things like when I'm trying to like I said more recently I've been working with Garrett Hall I take Garrett Hall out with me and then John Hilder I have him come out with me but right now we haven't been on the road for a while doing anything anyway except for in a couple of weeks I'm going to be at the Sacramento um, laughs laughs in Sacramento laughs unlimited in Sacramento is where I'm going to be on August 8th and it's just for one night it's a Saturday night and I'm taking John Hilder with me we're just going to do a quick turnaround trip but you know I don't it's for the 40 for 40 if you guys aren't familiar it's a comedy contest and I am headlining it you know while they tally the votes and then John Hilder is going to be hosting it and so um you know like my thing is like I that's kind of what I book off of you know even Garrett Hall to a degree is that is kind of that way but it works out a reverse way you know like when it comes to me like taking somebody on the road one they have to be easy to travel with that's one thing and then like the other thing is I usually try to take people that I know aren't necessarily going to get those kind of opportunities just anywhere you know like a lot of times with women I'll bring women on the road um, because women are like you know straight guys are creeps and they're gonna try stuff on me or they have tried stuff on me and you know that's valid I know that some people are like you know women just need to toughen up and sometimes when people are overly complaining I'm like yeah there are certain th places where you know some of the women that I hear complaining do need to toughen up and that may sound insensitive but this is where you get to see like the balance in my thinking is there are the women that I feel that way about and then there are the times that I've been like you know yeah I can see what you're talking about being a real problem and so I will try to help you out like if here's the difference if you're not putting in work if you're just doing open mics and you don't get up very much and you're you know not trying in any way but you're complaining about the fact that comedy is sexist I'm gonna dismiss you because I'm gonna be like you're not working hard at it if you're working hard and you're not getting opportunities guys are being creepy with you I see you at the open mics I see you trying to make shit happen I see you doing your best then if I can step in and be like hey do you want to come on the road with me I'm obviously not gonna be a creep with you then I will take you on the road like that's the way it works same with a lot of times like men of color like Latinos or you know like a lot of times they just get looked over because people feel like you know oh this person isn't necessarily gonna appeal to my audience so I try to help them out you know the comics that helped me out had no reason to help me out other than the fact that they thought I was talented but also I realized that them helping me out was a huge hookup because a lot of people were afraid to have me being gay and Latino you know do their shows especially headline but once they saw me feature for like a really big comic you know a joe coy or joe coy or uh gabriel iglesias or russell peters is also helping me out like when they saw me working with comics of this caliber and featuring and killing it 
then club owners and bookers were more likely to be like, okay, we'll give this guy a shot, you know? So I try to pay that forward, you know, like obviously probably with Joe Coy, Russell Peters and Gabriel Iglesias, I'll probably never be able to do anything for them. You know, that's the level that they've done for me. That's just a matter of fact. But if I can pass that on to somebody that's like, you know, newer or not as far ahead as I am or have, haven't had the opportunities that I've had, then I'd like to take that opportunity. So my point was with this particular comic, when she was the one that jumped in and she was a white woman and she like, you know, really came at me in a way like, you know, I was being insulting to her personally. I was like, I've helped you out so much, you know, so why would I have helped you out that much if that's the way I felt about you? Like, did you think that this was my chance to be passive aggressive towards you? Because I don't do passive aggressive. I do aggressive aggressive. That's one thing. And the other thing is I don't have any personal or private feelings about people that I like publicly. You know, like when it comes to the people that I like publicly, I just like them. If I if I hug you in public and I, you know, go through the whole thing with you where we're friends and where you're huggy and whatever. I don't do Hollywood hugs. So if I'm hugging you, if I'm shaking your hand, if I'm like, whatever I'm giving you is what you're getting, you know, what, what's actually happening, what I'm actually feeling. So, you know, um, it's, it's always the wrong people though. Anyway, I don't know what the fuck we're talking about anymore. All I know is life is good. And I hope all of you will eventually come around to feeling the same way you got to remember whatever it is that's bothering you you find you're unbothered that's what my message is going to be for you guys this week you find you're unbothered you know like whether or not it's talking to a friend or maybe just writing it in a journal or whatever it is take the things that bother you like take my example take the things that bother you and just put them somewhere you know, and and work them out until you're unbothered, which is really, I can say after this episode, where I am, <laughs> you know, it's just, it feels good just to talk sometimes. And I appreciate you guys listening. Like I said, just do you. Your vibe will find your tribe. Stay unbothered, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>